1: What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. School has started. I gotta tell you, I sent my kids back to school, and I've been secretly telling people how excited I was because I'd have a quiet house, and I have a quiet studio, and I wouldn't have to tell kids to be quiet. Day one Hour one, silent house. I couldn't stand it. I miss them so much. I'm an absolute crazy person. I miss those kids so much. We've been together all summer long, and now they're at school, and I miss them the whole time. I'm sure I'll get used to it over time, but I can't believe it. I can't even imagine having them leave the home. I can't imagine it. So, that's my little thing for the week. We've got a great, great podcast for you today. Aaron and Jennifer Smith on the podcast. It's so much fun fun having couples on the podcast because you get a much more real interview. You can't hide in front of your husband and wife. You can't fake it easily in front of your husband and wife, especially on camera like we do it here. Today's podcast is brought to you by SaveTheStorks.com, my favorite pro-life organization. I was an unplanned pregnancy. In fact, I just sent my bio mom flowers. She broke her wrist and I hope she's feeling better and I just sent her flowers. And I am so thankful to Save the Storks for creating an environment to help women in need. Stork buses, mobile ultrasound units, driving where they are needed for those most in need. Helping families just like mine. Save the storks.com is their website. Let's jump into it. This is so much fun. We had a ball with Aaron and Jennifer Smith, and you're going to love it. Here it is now on Rebel Parenting. All right. Hello, everybody. Good Sorry, morning. I'm totally laughing. Every now and then, people listening to the broadcast hear me. When we broadcast live on Facebook, I click the live button, and then you never know how long it's going to be before it actually goes live. It's like trying to connect or something. So we're going to sit here and stare at our guests for a while. We've got Aaron and Jennifer Smith on today. My goodness, we are having so much fun talking ahead of the broadcast. I am excited. Thank you guys for being here. Thank yeah, you for having us. We're excited. This is going to be fun. definitely. Definitely. Let's talk about this. We're talking about being open, honest, vulnerable. We've had so many guests that just feel, I feel like, wow, we've got this new wave of people that are just saying, you know what, we're just gonna be honest about the things going on in our lives. We're not gonna wait until it's all tied up in a bow and everything's perfect. We're just gonna be honest. And you had a statement. You said that the more honest you are, the less power those things have in our life. Did I get that correct?
2: Yeah, I was saying that we have this nature that we right now we're wanting to be open, we're gonna be honest. And there's two sides that we could take with it. There's, I want to be open and honest. I just want you to know who I am, but I love that way. And I want everyone just to accept everything. And I'm just, here's my dirty laundry and I'm okay with that dirty laundry. And here's my bad attitude. And I want you to be okay with my bad attitude. And, Hmm. but our heart is the more open and honest we are, it's like shining light inside and the more light there is, the less darkness there is. Mm, and mm-hmm. so we want our openness, our honesty, our transparency in our books, in our you know social media, in our real life with real people to be so that things are exposed in us, so mm-hmm. that we can grow and not just have this darkness and like, hey, here's my darkness and enjoy it. It's <laughs> no, here's areas of my life that I hate and I want God to transform in me. Here's sin in my life that I want to be exposed um, you know, as it says in Ephesians 5:11, it says, "Have nothing to do with the fruitful deeds, unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them." And it says that that which be, is brought into the light becomes light. And so, the transparency in, in my life, the hope that we have is that we grow, <laughs> we change, we have less darkness, more light in our life.
3: Mm. Man, that is such and you come fire. closer to the Lord. And when you're exposing all those things, mm. what about the things you don't want to change? Like if you have a bad attitude. When you said bad attitude, I'm like, oh, I have a bad attitude about exercise right now. And I don't know how willing I am to change it.
1: You just told everybody that
3: though. I did. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So here I'm in a way that's like the leap of faith. <laughs> I'm ready for
1: change. Though. You know what I mean? That's like that leap of faith of I'm scared of this, I'm scared to talk about it. And it's so interesting that you bring that up Aaron because it's such a cultural norm to be like, no, just accept me for who I am. This is just who I am, mm-hmm. you know? And everyone loved me for exactly the way I am instead of saying this is who I currently am. I'm trying to get better help me get better, these are things I don't like, and I'd like to get better in these things. Mm. And I think only, because we were asking about that, I want you guys to tell a little bit of your story, but when you're honest with people around you, you figure out who your real friends are quickly. Mm. (laughs) That's true.
2: You know, it's difficult, it's a practice, and to be honest, it's something that we deal with on a daily basis, just learning how to be more open with each other, be more honest with each other, and Mm. with our friends. And uh, man, speaking of the friend thing, that's a whole nother, I know we're going to get into that more. But um, when we're open, we're called to be open people. I think we're supposed to be people of light. That's what the Bible calls us as Christians, not of darkness. We don't walk in darkness. We don't walk in secrets. We don't walk in hiding and like, oh, you can know all this stuff about me, but all my like the real stuff. It's back here and you're not allowed to come in the house when the house is messy and you're not allowed to come into my life when my life's not in order. Mm. And I think that's just selfishness and it's really just uh, manipulation. I want my relationships on my terms. I want my Christian friends to only know just enough about me so that they never have to rebuke me or correct me or encourage me. It's also a power thing of like, as long as no one knows, the struggles we have, then I have the upper hand and everyone else is the only ones that have problems. And I just think that's not friendship in the first place. And so yeah. if I'm not willing to, if I'm not willing to be real, I'll never know if I, you actually have a cool story about this. You can tell in a second about us when early on in our relationship, but um, how can we truly love someone if we don't know them? You know, how can we, you know, walk with people if we're hidden, you know?
1: Well, totally. and that, that so. speaks so much to social media. You know, I was at a, something for kids. Oh, and up in uh, Northern California. I was doing an event for kids, and I was talking about social media. And I said, you know, when Laura went through cancer, we've got a billion friends on social media. Almost no of them showed up. Because we don't know them. We don't really know yeah. them. There's people that like on our photos, like, oh, your kids are cute. Click heart. You know, but that's not the you know, I'm throwing up right now. Can you come and bring a meal over for my kids because I can't get out of bed? You know, that's not the, I'm acting really inappropriate in front of the neighbors and you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I had an incident last week. I totally came unglued. Like, I struggle with anger. I've been really good about it. I've been going to therapy. I'm getting better and better. I talked to my friends about it. Mm-hmm. And then I had this situation where I got caught totally off guard, and I came unhinged. I was so mad. I exploded, and I had to go apologize. I had to apologize to my kids, my neighbor's kids, my neighbor. <laughs> You know, she was like, oh, no, like it was in defense of her. And she was like, oh, I loved it. I'm like, I know, but I ought to handle it differently. You know, it's so different to have that social media world where, you know, I tell people the life you read about me growing up was the Facebook version of my life. It's not the real version. You know, we don't post photos Mm -hmm. of our kids because we yelled at them and they cry. Like, that's not the photo we're posting. We're posting the cute ones, you know, on the airplane and, you know, all those different types of things. Mm. Jennifer, let's hear that story. What
4: is it? Yeah, I'd say it was about three and a half years into our marriage and I was kind of learning this whole concept of transparency and vulnerability and how to truly be open with Aaron because I didn't realize I was doing this, but I was only offering him parts of my heart that I was willing to share. And then Mm -hmm. I had parts of me that I didn't want to share because it was too hard or too embarrassing or I was... Too afraid, you know, all of those negative feelings about it. And we had been going to a marriage Bible study that for the first time in our life, we realized that there's real people out there with real marriage stories. And they shared open and honestly, and we're like, (laughs) they were sharing open and honestly about a lot to talk about that stuff, (laughs) big things and little things that they were struggling with. And it kind of really like, it shocked us because we had never kind of experienced that before. Mm. And I always tell people their courage and bravery and being transparent Mm. kind of stirred up in our hearts the same sort of courage. And so it got to a point in our marriage where God just brought me to this place of being unveiled. And I sat on the bed with Aaron and I said, look, I haven't been honest with you. And I have, I think we spent like two hours talking that night through tears and Mm -hmm. all kinds of emotions, but I gave him everything. And I just felt like in order for you to truly love me for who I am, you need to know Mm -hmm. The things that I wrestle with. You need to know the thoughts that I have. You need to know me. And so I, I was honest with him and it felt like such a relief.
3: Mm-hmm. And I couldn't,
4: have, yeah. I couldn't have gone into that without praying and asking God to help me, help me through my emotions, help me through the scary parts. And I really feel like he walked me through that and helped me navigate it with you. And then, and then to have like, in our book, Marriage After God, I uh, we mentioned, it's like handing your spouse a flashlight and saying, here, go explore. Yeah. 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 Jennifer, Uh, go back
1: to that time, you know, when you you're experiencing, you know, open and honesty in your marriage group. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, I got to tell my husband these things because there's so many people that want that. They want to experience that. They want to do that. But they also want it to be okay. And you were taking a risk. You were taking a risk of Aaron being like, whoa, what? What are you talking about? I had no idea. How scary is that?
4: (laughs) It's terrifying. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not something I think that as, you know, human nature, we desire. I don't think we want to put ourselves in situations that are vulnerable (sighs) like that, but we're talking about marriage. We're talking about Mm. someone who's supposed to be one with you. You can't be one if you don't know that person. Mm. And so I was motivated by this idea that we needed to be reconciled. We needed to be one. We needed to know each other fully so that we could be fully loved. Mm. And that's what motivated me. And, and you know what, for him to sit there after two hours of hearing my heart to say, I love you. And I didn't know, and I'm here for you. And let's pray about this. That was true love. And that was three years into marriage already. So, and I'll
2: say, just like I was mentioning before, the two different ways of opening up of like, here I am, you know, accepted as I am, Versus here I am, but my heart is I want to grow. The
4: difference is humility.
2: <laughs> well, it's humility and it's a posture of you wanted to be unified with me. Your, her whole purpose of revealing herself to me was to grow closer to me, was to grow with me, mm. was to mature and change rather than, hey, I'm at this point now. I'm going to, and this has happened in many Christian marriages over the, um, that end of, end in divorces. I'm now revealing myself to you because I'm done. And now I'm going to tell you who I really am because I, I feel like I was lying to you before, which you were. And I'm only doing it because I now want to be released from the current lie. Mm. And instead, my wife's saying, no, 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 the lie I'm living will end in that. And I don't want that. I Mm. want this. And so I'm going to reveal myself to you to make us stronger Mm. and me grow and you grow. And a perfect example of that, and I know we're going to probably talk about it, is in my walk with pornography, my addiction to pornography over the years, I wouldn't want to tell my wife because I wouldn't want to hurt her and I've talked to men they're like they deal with something I'm like, oh you are you gonna to confess to your wife? They're like, oh no, no no, I, they, she, I don't want to hurt her mm. And then but the reality is they're already hurt. Mm-hmm. you're lying. yeah you're walking in, in this infidelity already. your unity is already severed. yes and so really, like I said earlier, it's just a power thing and it's just to save yourself the shame and the, the guilt. it's just to save yourself the pain it's not really to save your spouse, the pain.
1: Right. Mm. So
2: what happens is in that scenario, I could say, I just want this secret life. And so the only reason I'm going to reveal it to you is so I can be out of the bond of the thing that's making me feel shameful, which is sure. not really what's making you feel shameful. Yeah. <laughs> or I could say, actually, I don't want this life over here. So I'm going to reveal it to you, which is repentance. And I'm going to actually turn toward you mm. instead of being currently away from you, which is what a lot. That's what we walk in as we walk away from each other.
3: Mm. Definitely. Can we jump into a little bit of your story, Aaron, about the pornography and how you sought help? And because we have so many calls and so many people struggling with pornography Mm -hmm. across the board. And I was just wondering, we'd love to hear your story and your input of some suggestions and advice of what is successful Mm -hmm. and what's useful.
2: Yeah, there's a few scriptures we'll we'll probably bring up. Uh, Galatians 5.1 is one of them. So, with me, and with my, I've been addicted to pornography since, gosh, I um, uh, when I say been, I haven't been. I, <laughs> I've, been I've been walking sober for, uh, man, almost three, three years, three and a half years
3: Congratulations. now. Congratulations. Nice. That's Thank awesome.
2: You. But since, I mean, before that, I, I can't even remember how old. Um, you said 12 or something. 12, probably even younger, addicted to pornography, grew up believing that. You know, as the book says, it's every man's battle. Like, I just believed that every single person on the planet was like, oh, so I normalized it. Yeah. Which is a tactic of the devil Mm. to just totally convince us that we're we're, it's normal and it's okay. And since it's normal, I must be fate and I have to. Um, And that
4: marriage was going to.
2: I thought marriage was going to fix it, which everyone Mm. says that it's like the common like, oh, once I get married, I won't need it anymore. And which is another lie. (laughs) Right. I actually was pretty prone to confess because I hated it. Right. And I believe yeah. that many men like that, it's why we get into accountability groups. That's why we, we have to get that guilt out of us because the spirit of God does not want it in us. Right. Yeah. But we've been taught, I believe, incorrectly how to deal with our guilt and shame. I think the church global in general, from my experience, what is especially with what I walked in and with how many Christians are currently still in bondage to pornography, we haven't been taught correctly the word of God and what the gospel actually says about us. And as long as we don't truly know what the gospel says, we'll continue to be in chains. And what's funny about it is we're not actually in chains, we'll believe we're in chains. It's like the story of the elephant. How do you train an elephant? You start when they're children, when they're little babies and you they tie a strong rope around their leg and a peg and that elephant can't move. As it grows up, they make the rope smaller. Eventually, there's no rope, but the elephant still thinks it's tied to the peg. And so it's you have this massive animal with so much power and, and authority, and it stands there and it mm. believes it's tied to a peg. And I think that's what's happening with Christian men and women right now is we believe that we're tied to that peg. We believe that we're still in that cage when Jesus not only opened the cage, but he destroyed it Mm. on the cross. It says that he took the keys of death from the enemy, that he killed death on the cross, that he had victory over death, and that we are now free from the bondage of sin and death. Mm. And that's the truth. And the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The problem is we're not being transformed because we're not renewing our minds. We're believing the old lies that no, I, yeah, I'm, I love God. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm free. But they're all like these things that one day I will be instead, instead of, of today now. I am. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We say this in the book. It's not salvation. If we're only kind of saved, it's not truly freedom. If we're only kind of <laughs> free. Wow. Yeah. Christ died on the cross so that we could be free from the bondage of sin and death. That is not a future tense. That is a present tense. We are free from the bondage of sin and death. He, he did a complete work on the cross. And that means that that bondage to pornography, that addiction to pornography has no more power over us because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Now, that does not mean that we cannot give it power. Just like the elephant is thinking wrong and it believes it's still trapped. We can believe wrong. Um, and As our pastor Matt always says, he says, if you believe wrong, you'll never live strong. Mm. And that's our belief. Like we said in the beginning of the book propels us to action. If you believe you're, as I did, I believed I was in bondage to pornography and I thought, you know, how will I one day be free from this? I actually believe that I would never be free from it. Mm. How long do you think I'd be able to go in victory in that? Sure, so never, sure. Maybe in my own strength months. And in the moment I would have an opportunity, you know, my wife and family go on a vacation, all I know is I have this fear immediately. I, well, the moment they're gone, I'm I'm in it, mm-hmm. right? Right, right? Right. I'm not going to walk into freedom in that, right? Mm-hmm. So, it finally took a breath. Like I would confess, and I would, you know, confess that I, you know, did it, and then I felt shameful, and I w- she would forgive me, and it would be hard, and I, w- and then the shame would subside for a little bit. But the problem was, is I was confessing the wrong thing. I was confessing that I looked at pornography. That's not what we're. It says to confess your sin. The sin was not necessarily the pornography. The sin was my lust. The sin was my love of pornography. Mm. And I had to come to a conclusion. I, I sat in a car with, again, my pastor, Matt, and he's sitting across from me. He's like, hey, man, you walk in impurity? And I'm, uh, oh, which is a hard question to ask someone, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, I've been doing okay. And I, you know, I, yeah, I had this one little kind of how we always do. We, we it's called minimization. Yeah. We, I yeah, minimized totally. it. You know, I just this little thing over here and, you know, but I took me already, you know, asked for forgiveness and, and he's like, all right, you're a liar. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, you're believing lies. Mm. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you think you're still in bondage to sin. You think you're still controlled by that pornography. You think that pornography happened to you? And I'm like, well, kind of like that, that I did. Like I fell into it. It was an accident. Like, oh, I was doing fine. And then I stumbled into this sin. As a Christian, we don't stumble into sin. We choose sin 100% of the time.
3: Amen.
2: Until we believe that, until sin is something not happening to us, because here's the truth. If sin is happening to us, then we have no control. Right. Why should I repent?
3: Right. Yeah, you're just a victim yeah. to it.
2: And we're not victims to sin. No. Nope. Right. Now, that does not mean that we aren't going to choose sin and we're going to fall. And the Bible tells us that in John, First John that we have a savior, we have a propitiation for our sins, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and if we repent, we're forgiven, mm-hmm. right? But we have to recognize that we chose it. <laughs> we have to recognize that I chose to go click on that image and watch that video and sit there and consume it and love it, mm-hmm. yeah, and use my body for that sin, yeah. Because if it's the other way around, then we all get to continue walking in our things because it's not us doing it; it's it's sin doing it. Mm-hmm. And Paul says right. it's no longer I live, but Christ. Who lives in me? So we have to break the chains of the lies that sin is happening to me, and I have no control over it. What power does the spirit have in that
1: that life? None. 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 Right. 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 Because then it takes all the responsibility off of you. This isn't my fault. <laughs> it's nothing that I'm doing. It just happened to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is
2: what I walked in. And as long as I think that way, yeah, I hate the feeling. I hate the shame. I hate the guilt. I want to be free from it. But you know what? I have no control anyway. You know what? It's just going to happen again.
1: I think that's common with a lot of men, too, that that found it early in life. You know, I had a friend show it to me when I was young, and it happened to me then. And anytime after that, that's a choice that you make. You know, and I think when you're young, you don't realize that's the choice you're making. It's just that thing you're running to, whatever addiction it might be. You know, and Mm -hmm. at Rebel, we we have people that struggle with all kinds of different addictions. I gotta stop right here for a second. Today's broadcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks, Save the Storks.com. Amazing pro-life organization. They build mobile ultrasound units in Mercedes Sprinter vans. They take them to areas where women don't have access to healthcare, those that are most in need, and they meet those moms that are in crisis. Four out of five moms that enter a stork bus choose life for their babies after seeing an ultrasound and hearing that heartbeat. Amen. And That's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 when she got pregnant with me, 17 when she had me. That was a crisis in their family. That was a crisis in her home. And a local pregnancy resource center put their arms around her, and I'm here today because of that. And Savethestorks.com partners the pregnancy resource centers all over the country to be there for those moms in need. So we encourage you to join Laura and I partnering with Save the Storks. And you can find out more at Savethestorks.com. .com. Man, this is such good stuff, Aaron. You know, what was it like, though, when you started coming clean and being honest with those around you about that? Like, you know, I know when Laura and I went through some hard times, you figure out who your friends are really, really quickly. And when you guys are being transparent and honest and open and you're getting help, you can have both sides. You can have the side of the people that are like, "Woo, Aaron struggles with that. We can't hang out with him. He's That's a big center. Yeah. Or... You can have the guys that are like, "Hey dude, I got my own thing over here. I don't want to get help for it. I don't want to be transparent and honest about it." You know, you were working in youth ministry, you know, at the time, what were people yeah. around you saying when all this starts coming out?
2: I'm going to be I'm going to try to be really honest. Again, in youth ministry back when I was younger, I had people in my life that I would tell and they would know and they're like, oh, yeah, you you know, let's just be stronger. Like, you know, everyone struggles with this. Let's pray about it. You know, you confessed. You're walking right. You're right. Not once was I told to stop doing youth ministry.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at
1: Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy, and that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle, and a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat over six thousand babies have been saved on stork buses please support save the storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life for more information visit
0: savethestorks.com welcome back to rebel parenting did you miss us
1: Wow. wow, that's okay. great. That's surprising it, it, for me. I have two sides of it. If you're actually trying to get help and trying to stop, I think it's a that's great. Because so many people struggle with it. If no one can be in ministry that struggles with sin, right. nobody can be in ministry.
2: Right. Right? Well, well, struggling with sin, walking in unrepentant sin, truly unrepentant sin is different than, Absolutely. than dealing with something. Yeah. And I'm not saying never have been allowed to. But no one said, "Hey, brother, you need to step out of this until you've you're walking in freedom." In this, That's awesome. like I was literally in youth ministry over people's children. Like, think about it. Now, luckily, I never did anything. I never walked in anything worse than that, right? Yeah. But we see it all the time now. Yes, we do. We see it all the time now. So yeah. my thing would be is like if someone would have told me earlier on. Brother, first of all, what the word of God says is you're free from this. Second of all, if you keep walking in this, not only am I going to make sure that you can't be doing this ministry because you, this is dangerous, but secondly, the Bible tells me to avoid you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in certain sins. I'm not talking about all sin, sexual sin, though. It says if you have a person that claims the name of Christ and is walking in sexual immorality, unrepentant sexual morality, not like I made a mistake and I'm totally repentant and you're, I'm, I'm trying to walk. And yeah. It says to avoid such people, Mm -hmm. says to not even eat with them. That's a dangerous person. And so if I was told that earlier, and these are scary things, and this is why I believe so many men aren't changing because the moment I was told like, you are lying, you love your sin, you love pornography. When I confessed to that, when I finally told Jennifer, I'm confessing that I actually love pornography that's why i haven't quit walking in it not because i stumbled into it not because i you know it was an accident or it's just this thing that's got a hold on me i actually loved it Mm -hmm. i didn't hate Mm -hmm. my sin enough yet yeah and paul even says you haven't fought against sin yet even to this point of bloodshed and when he was talking about he talked about right before that that christ died on the cross he's saying christ bled for your sin Mm -hmm. and he's like and you haven't even struggled yet to that point yeah and so I had to get to a point of where I actually confessed the actual sin that I loved my lust, that I loved to be fed that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I confessed it. And that was what, uh, finally like broke that bondage that I was walking in because I was believing the lies. Mm-hmm. And so if someone would have got me way early on and just was not like harsh with me, but real and said, bro, this is what the word of God says. Yeah. Mm. What are you going to believe? I think it would have shocked me enough to break me out of the lies. But you know what? We've been taught that we're all in this together. You know, I'm not gonna, and the reason no one's ever said anything to me is because those people also walked in it. And you can't have authority In some, It says, you can't take the speck out of your brother's eye if you've got a plank in your own. Mm -hmm. And what that's saying is not to ever not judge. What that's saying is, get the plank out of your eye so that you can walk in authority with another brother. So you can actually tell them, hey, I've walked in this, I love you. Look, you can walk in freedom. And that's what people need to to hear. Man, think about the authority that the church overall would have and the power that we walk in as men. If we weren't being controlled by these lies and we were actually confessing in truth, and actually walk in the spirit that God's given us. The freedom that exists right now,
1: today, not tomorrow. Mm. Well, those attitudes are so foreign in our culture right now. You know, it's like, well, we've got to love the sinner. We've got to love the sinner. Absolutely. And we all do. And you've got to hate the sin. You know, we forget yeah. that part. Loving the sinner and hating the sin go hand in hand together. And that ne- someone needed to be honest with you. You know, not harsh, not mean, not cruel, but honest, saying, hey, man, man. that's right. And we'd protect our kids more in that. Like, it made me nervous, like, oh, my goodness, except I had youth pastors in my past molest kids in our youth group. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. And it's because someone wasn't there going, hey, dude you got to cut this stuff out. Mm-hmm. This is a huge deal. Right. You're going to have a huge problem with this. This could damage many, many, many lives, not just your life, not just your wife's life, but your kids, the kids in your youth group. You know, it's a huge, huge deal. Yeah. Huge deal.
3: So how did you find, like, a community that you could share with? Because I think people are out there, yeah, hey, I'm hungrier and I want what you have how did you find a safe community?
1: They struggle for those types of real <laughs> friends, right? Yeah, like we had someone are... comment that's watching online earlier. Like I long for, for friends that are real, real. and honest yeah. and want to help push me in the right direction, but I don't have those people in my life right now.
4: I think our biggest encouragement to people like that, cause we get those kind of questions, questions yeah. as well. And we just encourage them that in most cases they have to be willing to initiate that kind of friendship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah personally, just one thing that I've felt comfortable doing over the years is when I'm building a friendship, I give them permission and I say, Hey, if you ever see anything that is questionable or a character, you know, issue in my heart, would you call me out on it? I want to give you permission to talk to me and to let me know what you see, because I do have a desire for you to help sharpen me for you to help me make, you know, be my friend in that way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that I think that cultivates a relationship where there's freedom and safe space to talk about hard things. Mm.
2: Absolutely. It's a two way street, but it starts with you. You can't control the other side. Yeah. All you (laughs) can do is be the person you want to be in your life. Mm -hmm. And so opening up, like you said, and giving permission, we do this with everyone. we, when we make relationships, we're like, Hey, Again, it's transparency for the sake of light, not for staying in darkness. And so we say, hey, if you ever see anything that just is unbecoming or like when it doesn't line up with the word of God or, you know, you think is a very immature way of being, you are free to tell us. Now, what that does is if that person says, absolutely, I'll do that. You know what that means? They have to be willing to receive it Mm -hmm. because it's rare you'll find someone that is just going to take advantage of that and never want to give it back. What usually happens is they won't say a word unless they're ready to be said something back to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if they see me, you know, the way I'm raising my kids and they're like, hey, I didn't like, you know, I thought that was really unfruitful the way you talked to your son just now. What that means is they've just opened up and said, if you see me doing that same thing to my kid, I'm gonna hear it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah,
2: having them have freedom to say things to you immediately makes them aware of themselves and things they're going through. So if they do start sharing with you, it isn't a two way street. They're saying either I've walked through that also and I have fixed it in my life, or I'm currently going through that thing and I'm seeing it in you because it's so fresh to me.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's one thing.
4: Living in friendships too, like this, requires time and investment. It's not something that you can just show up to once a week for an hour and say, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're besties. Yeah. For yeah. I know yeah. Right. Right. That- have that kind of intimate, transparent way of being with each other. Those kinds of things, those vulnerable moments happen when you're hanging out at the house together, when you're inviting them over for dinner, yeah. when you guys are actually walking in life together. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you lost friends because of your addiction?
2: I wouldn't say I have. I, I was actually going to get to this is all the people around me knew I wasn't, I didn't hide it from Most anyone, my parents knew about it. You knew about it pretty early on in our relationship. My pastors, I was open with it because deep down, I really did want to be free from it.
1: Yeah. Right. Right.
2: The problem is no one ever told me the truth. And often what we do is we surround ourselves with people that are going to encourage us and love on us and never judge us Mm -hmm. and never challenge us and never say, Hey, you just confessed this two weeks ago and then a week before that. And then yesterday, it doesn't seem like you're changing what's going on. It doesn't seem like you're walking in this frame. It doesn't seem like you're growing. I never got that. Usually we we go to these accountability groups and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, me too. Last week, me too. Last week. And no one changes in that.
4: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Also you clarify me if I'm wrong, but no one's ever come up to you and says we can't be friends or we can't have a relationship because of this. But there could have been relationships that weren't cultivated because they chose not to. I see. Right. I
2: see what you're saying. Sure. I mean, we, we For sure. Go. And I, and we've seen this a lot. We get messages like, "Hey, you know, we, I've tried being honest, and then all I get is pushback or judgment. And you know what? I had to move on. And I don't think Christians currently, and I'm, I want to talk to Christians because the world is the world. Yeah. And you know, Christians, we, we're the ones that have the spirit of God in us. Yeah. If we say things like, "Oh, yeah, I would tell people, but," All they're gonna do is judge me and all they're gonna do is tell me what the Bible says about how I'm wrong. There's a problem. We don't want to hear the truth. Mm. We just wanna be around people that are gonna come to us and coddle us, and they're gonna co-sign our sin because you know what? Those people want the same thing. Mm. You know, uh Jordan Peterson in his book Twelve Rules, he he even talks about this. (laughs) He talks about this. He says, (laughs) He says, We need to have some people in our lives that are hard friends.
3: Yes. Yes, like
2: that's real friends. Someone that's going to be like, hey, you're being a jerk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you being like mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Like, I actually don't like being around you right now because of the way you're being. But I, you know what? I want to be around you. You do need to grow up. You're being immature. If we had relationships that say, hey, I love you. You're walking in this sin I cannot walk with you anymore if you keep walking this way. Mm. It's dangerous. You can't be around my kids. I don't want them being alone with you.
1: Yeah, 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 that's right.
2: That's called speaking the truth in love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not because I want to be better than them. It's not because I think I'm better than them. It's because I want them to grow and walk in the truth of the word of God. We don't have enough friends like that in our lives. Yeah. And you know what that takes? That takes being vulnerable. It takes telling the truth. It takes being honest. And then it also takes... Allowing someone to rebuke us, yes. exhort us. And you know what an exhortation is? Paul literally says this, exhort, teach one another, rebuke one another. Exhortation is a strong urging of telling someone what to do. Not, a, you know, <laughs> I would do this and maybe you should try this. And, you know, when you comes around to you, maybe you can consider. No, it's you need to do this otherwise. Mm. Wow, That's telling them the truth in love. That's an exhortation. If you don't do this, it will result in this. <laughs> if you keep spending money, you will be in debt. Yeah, <laughs> like, <right?
3: laughs> the basics.
2: We like mm. it in many
1: Oh my goodness. Reasons.
2: And we also like it from people that don't walk with us. Like I, people email us and say, I can't talk to people in my life because of this, but I could tell you and I don't know you at all. No, no, you we need to go to someone all that- time. We get that all the time. We get that yeah. all
1: the time. We, mm. we
2: tell every single one of those people, go find Christians that have good fruit in their life. And go tell them that know you and we'll see you.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting.
1: Oh, Rebels, can you believe summer is almost over? I know we think about getting healthy in the summertime. I think about it when school starts. That's when we've got so much to do. And our sponsor this month, Take Care Of, at TakeCareOf.com slash Rebel Parenting, Helps you get back in that groove. I've taken their online quiz. It was super easy. I don't even know if it took me five minutes. And here's what I'm going to tell you. This should be easy, but it's hard to find out. What supplements should I take? What vitamins am I missing? Well, I went to my doctor and took a blood test. And then I took the test at takecareof.com slash rebelparenting. They came up with the exact same vitamins and supplements I should be taking. Blood test versus five minutes online that didn't cost me anything. It was so great, and you can see a difference. All their stuff is so personalized. The box that came in was personalized. Every little vitamin pack I have each day has my name on it. It's got a little quote. I love taking those, and I am feeling healthier because of it. I love this sponsor. I hope you'll check them out at takecareof.com slash parenting. 25% off your first order that's takecareof.com slash rebelparenting for 25% off your first order
0: welcome back to rebel parenting did you miss us
1: you know Aaron that's interesting I was going to say two things one I love what Jennifer said earlier it's going first I was reading uh, Gabby Reese was talking about that, of going first, of being the first person to shake a hand, first person to smile, first person to introduce yourself. Going first is opening yourself up to vulnerability, and it helps other people. When you smile, they smile back. When you introduce yourself, they introduce themselves back. Going first. And the second one is considering your friends. You know, like, oh, I don't want to do that because they're just going to rebuke me. Well, Maybe that's okay. And sometimes, yeah. like I was going to say to the person earlier, that's like, oh, I long for friends like that. Sometimes you take the friends you can get, not the friends that you want. Like sometimes you see that person yeah. and you're like, man, that person's so cool. They do so many fun things. I really want to be their friend. And it's not working out. But that other person, you know, they want to hang out all the time and they want to go on walks and they want to talk about stuff. And you're like, oh, I know, but they've got that thing that I don't really like. And That's a good point. And we just don't really mesh that well. Like, I don't know, man. The that the Lord is opening a door for you, take the friends you can get. Like the ones that are reaching out. Amen. The ones that are investing in you. The ones that are giving back. Those are good friends to have.
2: Mm. All right. What that sounds like in the scenario is who's the one being the bad friend? Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes we're the ones that we need to look at like why won't i have any friends like there's a common denominator in every one of those situations and it's you mm. like yeah so we have to ask ourselves you know the bible says if you want to be if you want to have friends you must be friendly mm. <laughs> right? yeah like yeah. i want to serve others and that's what the bible teaches is that we if we want to be the greatest in the kingdom we must become the least and so i should see myself as how am I serving those around me? How am I, how am I offering, you know, rebuke, exhortation, encouragement, the, you know, truth. Cause it's all of those things. Not if you have a person in your life that all they do is rebuke you, that's not a friend. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to make it sound like you just need people that are just going to tell you the hard things only. Yeah. You know, we have friends in our life that they're with us in the good times and the bad. They rebuke us and go out of their way to encourage us. I saw you do this thing. That was so
1: awesome. Oh your kids yeah. Are so that's wonderful. right. That's mm-hmm. right. For sure. Yeah, beware like, of that. Beware of the person that only tells you negative things, the one that's only being negative. <laughs> that, that's you're not like not mm, healthy. I think that's not yeah. healthy. Yeah. You know, someone's watching us right now, they said, what about when you're open and honest with and real with people and you don't get that in return? Mm-hmm. I'm going to answer that for myself, and then I'd love for you guys to jump in too. Maybe Laura can jump in on that one too. One, I think it means going first, and like especially with guys, you kind of got to wade into this like I think women bond Mm -hmm. quicker and faster than men do and I think when you're honest and open in front of men you figure out they're either going to be that way back or they're not and you can kind of wade into that and it might just take time like you know you're honest Mm -hmm. you're open with people and they're just not ready yet they're not there yet and so kind of taking your time and you know waiting for that to happen now if it never happens well you know you got a one-sided friendship too. Hmm. It's
2: true. Yeah. Go ahead. So I was just going to say uh, interpersonal relationships are, first of all, are just hard. And messy. And messy. <laughs> and it's so funny, but that the number one thing God cares about in the church is our unity. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so crazy. And it's like the number one thing that's so difficult for us. But mm. the unity of believers is the most powerful testimony to the world that Christ is the Messiah and that God sent him. That's what the Bible tells us in two places John 17, and I can't remember the other one, but our unity our oneness in Christ is how the world will know that God sent him and raised him from the dead and so that that's our the church as a whole and it's no wonder we have so much division and factions and you know denominations and we have all this separation instead of unity but um it takes you know walking in it and we have to the maturity that we grow in we get to learn that we there's going to be times And often, especially in this season of many Christians and autonomy, and we talk about this in the book, we talk about how autonomy doesn't work and actually how it's sinful and rebellious. Mm. Walking in my, like, we have our own life. We'll have friends, but you can't enter in. You don't, you're not allowed to know the the deep parts of us. We have our own. And all that is, is darkness. It's secrets (laughs) for the sake of control and protection so that we can keep doing our sins. Yeah. Trying to look good. Yeah. You know, keep walking the wrong way. And so... Being vulnerable and walking in light is first of all obedience,
3: mm-hmm.
2: regardless if the person receives it. God wants us to be that way, mm-hmm. He doesn't want for our sake. Walking in light changes us, yes. So, if I share with someone that's another believer and I love them and I, I see fruit in their life, if they love me and if they're mature, they will pray for us, receive from us try and exhort us and encourage us in the word of God. Um, and if they don't do it right away, like you said, maybe it just takes time. But if, even if we don't receive from someone else, the Holy Spirit wants light to pour out of us. Yeah, right. He wants right. to grow. So we have to trust that God is working in us. Mm-hmm. We have to trust that the Holy Spirit is changing us, regardless if we are reciprocated back to yes, us. That's
1: true. And, that, and even if yeah. they bite your hand back, even if it... I'm thinking of someone in particular that had been honest and open with some people around her, and it really backfired in a way. It really did. It yeah. it backfired. She was struggling with addiction and was honest with some people around her, and lost her job, and like a bunch of things happened in the domino mm-hmm. effect. And I don't think it was a mistake to be open and honest. Those people's sin and misbehavior doesn't change the goodness that's mm-hmm. come from that and the strength yeah. that's come from it. And there were consequences for behavior and action. And so you've got to weigh all those yep. different things. But you can't say, mm-hmm. oh, well, a negative thing happened. Therefore, it's bad. I'm not going to be open and honest again. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: that's good. Just because I think lots of women struggle with what you had and or what, you know, if you'd be
4: willing to share your story about that and how you broke through and yeah, first of all, it's such a um, terrible thing to have to walk through in marriage and it's devastating. I mean, I don't even think there's a word to describe the kind of pain that a husband or wife could feel experiencing this and even still hearing our testimony after years of walking in freedom, hearing that he loved it makes me cringe mm. and it hurts kind of all over again, but yet we're reconciled. So I just give it back to God. And I say, you know what, God, like you saved our marriage. You kept us together. And I'm so grateful that we're where we are today. And that took a lot out of us. (laughs) That took a lot of Mm -hmm. hard, vulnerable Mm -hmm. moments of sharing each other's hearts. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, when he was just confessing to get that shame off of his heart, there was kind of a barrier in that the moment I started to show emotion, he would get like, look, I know it already hurts me too. I, you know, I know Mm -hmm. what I did was wrong and kind of shut that down. And so I would, I would
2: control her response to me. And so then I didn't
4: know how to deal with my feelings. And so it was, I mean, years of learning how to communicate through this. And Mm. one thing that we learned through it was that he needed to give me space to be able to share my heart back about his issue. And so, yeah. you know, um, now, Jennifer, now with that,
1: to, I, I want to say, thanks for saying even now, it's like, ugh, I can't believe you're saying that you loved it. Oh, that makes me, it hurts. That's a trigger and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, and I think it's great. It's truth. <laughs> it's truth and it's great for people to yeah. hear To say, we've been through this, we've conquered it, we've overcome it, Mm -hmm. and still didn't like it. Still really hard. You know, it's that whole thing of, we've experienced these pain points that are relatable to other people. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's also a ton of darkness in the tunnel. Yeah. And remembering the darkness totally stinks. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. awesome.
4: So, yeah, it is hard to um, kind of even think back to those hard moments. But one thing that we learned is that, I needed to be able to share my heart with him, but also I needed to learn how to have self-control in my emotions. And what I mean by that is I did the whole thing. One time he'd confess, I'd blow up in anger. Another time he confessed, I just bowled my eyes out and shut off and isolated myself and wouldn't talk to him for a whole day. So I had to learn Mm -hmm. how to be able to share my heart in a mature, respectable way and say, okay, here's the truth of what I'm going through and be able to offer it to him so that he can consider what the implications were of what he was doing. It also
2: took you... It also took her to finally getting a biblical perspective mm-hmm. on what was going on, mm-hmm. because there is the relational aspect. I mean, I'm sinning against my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm committing adultery on her. I'm, you know, the I'm. She feels all of it because we're one.
3: Right? Sure, so sure.
2: for those that are listening, re- whether or not your spouse knows or not, you're hurting your spouse. Yeah, I, so. was, I was gonna say there
4: was plenty of times that before he even confessed to me, I knew something was wrong. I knew. I felt it. Of I course. felt <laughs> distant yeah. from yes. him. I felt. Uh, I can't. Well, and open. even if you
2: never felt it, I think you are more spiritually in tune because yeah. I mm-hmm. confessed often enough about it, but for the marriages that aren't spiritually in tune to each other, because the, the sin mm-hmm. and the lack of unity, yeah. even if they don't feel it, the unity doesn't exist. There's no power. You're probably, you're not walking in authority as a couple. You're not walking in purity. You're not walking in righteousness. So everything about it is going to hurt. And, and the Bible tells us that our sin will find us out. Yeah. Mm. So eventually, and hopefully like, we find it out first and we confess it first so that we can be healed. As James tells us, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person availeth much. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we confess for the healing. Right. So there was, you hurt me and it's wrong. And therefore I'm mad at you. And this is going to happen, which she's totally valid in her and her hurt. And I would never want to take that away. And this is something that husbands and yeah. wives okay. need to learn when they're walking in this, they're allowed to be hurt. Yes. You've wronged, right. Yeah. They've been offended in a gross way. And so Can I stop she you for a second, Aaron? Yes. I,
1: it's so important because that early immature response of, you know, if you respond this way, it's going to hurt me more. And I already know that I did wrong. And so don't make me feel worse about what I'm doing. It's yep. like, well, exactly y- it you did. should feel worse. <laughs> like, And if you don't want to, then you're really not that repentant. It's not this, oh, yep. my goodness, I can't believe. Like when my son was small, I was a binary, angry, terrified parent. And I was mean to him. And it breaks My heart. We've had so much reconciliation and so much (laughs) healing over the years and when he tells me, well, you didn't punish Lucy for that and you would have totally punished me for that, I'm devastated. And I'm not like, don't say that. It makes me feel worse than I already feel. I don't feel bad enough unless I'm so devastated that it should heap it upon me. It should remind Mm -hmm. me of who I need to be. It should Mm -hmm. say I've still got work to do in these areas. Mm.
2: Yeah. And that's exactly where I got to. And this is actually a practical tip for anyone who's walking in, like wanting to walk out in purity and be healed from Mm -hmm. this. First of all, confessing the right thing. Not just, I looked at pornography. Yeah. (laughs) Let's move on. Let's move on. I I messed up is what I used to call it. Oh, I messed up today. No, but confessing the true sin of like, Hey, actually you love your sin. Mm -hmm. You love this. Mm -hmm. And you need to repent of that and hate it. Like God hates it. But the other thing I, I learned was if I, Walked in it again. If I chose that path again, when I confess, I was going to confess. That was the first thing to my wife, first and foremost, because she's the person I offended, and not like not to someone who's not involved.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I, I, oh yeah, 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 to my, yeah.
2: I confess to my wife who I've offended, and then I actually confess to brothers who I'm walking with, mm. so that they know. I like that uh, The second thing is, I wasn't going to minimize because I minimize. You know, it was only a little bit. It was it was so short, and I caught myself, and I and then I moved on yeah. really quick and. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wasn't going to minimize. I just did a little heroin. Again, it wasn't a lot of heroin, it was just a little just bit of heroin. I just I just yeah.
2: I just, yeah, I just robbed a little, a little bit little of little. the
1: bank. I didn't rob all the bank. It was just a little bank. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I don't minimize. Mm. I also I told myself I was going to confess and then shut up. I wasn't going to control her response. Mm. I wasn't going to tell her how to respond. I wasn't going to say please don't, you know, cry. I was just going to confess and then be quiet. I was going to you know say I Looked at pornography. It was at this time. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then. Um,
4: you can stop now. That was it. I'll jump in. Yeah. <laughs> so, the one thing that I really wanted to share too was that one of the biggest things that kept us together, I think, is that God was at the center of our marriage, even through all of this. Yeah. yeah. And. It was his word that guided us, that made him want to repent, but it made me want to forgive. And I yeah. want to share that part because I think it's so, so hard when you get that confession and then you go, now what am I supposed to do? Because I feel all these really deep things about you and, you know, it's painful. But knowing what Christ did for me on the cross was a significant motivator in me being able to look at my husband and say, you're not just my husband, you're actually a man in need of salvation. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was saved, but he needed to understand the power of the gospel in his own life. And I had to pray for him and I had to reconcile with him and I had to forgive him. And I think that that was, I mean, it was life-changing for me in that we stayed together. We stayed married and we're here today. And we look back at all of that junk and we go, Oh my goodness, look at what God did. Yeah.
2: I want to highlight one of the things that in this transition period of me really realizing what I was doing finally and confessing it was you also finally in the moment of me confessing, telling me what the Bible says, mm-hmm. which is harder than anything a woman could say mm-hmm. out of her emotions. Mm-hmm. She's like, Aaron, we had our first son. He was like, he was a one. couple months old. Yeah, it was, it was, he was young. And she's like, she looked at me and she, this was the calmest she had ever been. And this was the hardest it was ever was. Right? It was
4: almost like no emotion. She,
2: uh, it was calm. It was, yeah. you were, I think you finally saw what was happening. in the spirit what was happening rather than just what you were feeling. Yeah. She said, Aaron, you are committing adultery on me. She said, you are a, a godly man and you're going to hinder, if not destroy any ministry you have in this world, child, you're life. going to hinder it or destroy any ministry you have in our child's life. You're going to lead by example for him and you're committing adultery. You have to realize that the truth of it. Mm. That's what she told me. <laughs> she look, looked at me right in the eyes and she told me what the Bible says. It's like a mic drop. Mm. And you know what? And what's awesome about that is it didn't mean it didn't have to be her. I could have argued with her all day long. Yeah. But, But I couldn't couldn't argue argue with God. I can't argue with the word of God. Right. And as a believer, all I had to be like, you're right. (laughs) You are right. Mm. And if husbands and wives would just start recognizing what the word of God says, the goodness of it and the harshness of it, Mm -hmm. because the reality is, is sin is death. Yeah. You know, we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. The serpent said to Eve, did God really say and that's what we tell ourselves all the time. Well, did he really say, "Like I'll die if I"? Like, mm. is, is pornography really adultery? Like, I mean, it's just this like little thing. No, it's adultery, and it's death, mm. and it will find you out. And there's no good that's going to come from it. And you will kill your marriage. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you will kill your children. You will kill everything. Mm. And at the end of the day, the reason God gave us His Holy Spirit is not so that we could just walk in freedom from these things but it's so that we can glorify his name in our life. Mm -hmm. And so that we could preach the gospel in power and so that we can show the world who he is and what he did. I would never want to preach to someone and say, God is good, but you know what? All these things that you deal with, nothing can ever change. You have no power. You will still walk in addiction. You will still walk in the brokenness. Nothing changes, but you know what? One day heaven.
1: Right No. Right.
2: Jesus prayed. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's our prayer. And actually his spirit gives us the power to do that. Yeah. And I, I want to preach people the gospel, the good news. No, God can redeem this and free. And he has freed you on the cross. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did for me. I'm like, man, like how much more fruit do you see in our life? And, and just joy and lightness. I don't feel shame. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel guilt. I don't feel scared anymore. If she's going to be, if I'm going to be home alone, mm. I don't walk in those fears. I. That is such a good feeling. Yeah, I just, yeah
1: that's right. It's a amen. great feeling. Like, it is. Amen. Wow. Man, Aaron and Jennifer, thank you so much. That was a great, great broadcast. I just want to recap that one thing. that You're talking about confessing. Confess to the person that you've offended. Not to some, (laughs) you know, like, you know, you got accountability partners. Like, okay, but you offended your wife. Like, you're going to tell her? Like, that's a much bigger deal than just a friend that's going to be like, all right, brother, I'm there for you. Let's be better together, you know? Confess yeah. to the person you offended. Don't minimize whatever it is that you've done. And then be quiet and don't try to control their response to your sin. Mm-hmm. Man, that mm-hmm. is walking in light. And that really will foster true change in our lives. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Thanks you guys for having us. For having us. Oh, awesome. Thanks for less than rebels. We love you guys so much. We pray for you. I adore getting your emails. I love hearing about your lives. I cry when you cry. I cheer when you cheer. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you to our new supporters. Wow. We need it. We appreciate it. All those donations coming in. Thank you so much. Thanks to The Voice of the Martyrs for sponsoring this podcast. Persecution.com is their website. The Voice of the Martyrs helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years. Rebels, again, we love you guys so much. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. Thanks for supporting us. God bless. We'll see you soon.
0: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444 That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444 We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.